Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy. It's a podcast about the magic of books. Today I'm going to be talking about Colosseum Arcanist by Shami Stovall. So let's compete for it. I just wanted to say I really enjoyed this book. It goes fast and when you get to the end it just keeps going and goes even faster. So I really, I thought it was good. I thought the author played with a lot of fun ideas in this book. Made me excited to keep reading it and to keep going on. Uh, as you could guess from the title Coliseum Arcanist, there is going to be a Coliseum tournament going on. What surprised me about that is that that doesn't really start or even like have a lot of influence until he's almost halfway through the book. Which just surprised me because I thought it would be more focused on that. But it's not. Did I enjoy it? Yes. What bingo squares does it fulfill? Uh, still just optimistic and magical pet. Uh, I don't think any of the books in this series are going to fulfill any other squares, but that's okay. It fills one or two, and that's all that really matters. So let's talk about this book in detail. There is so much in this book. I just want to try and talk about it all, and I'll probably miss everything. So if I miss something that you really liked or enjoyed, let me know. Love to talk it with you. It's so much has happened in this book. Obviously, let's start at the beginning. We learned that it's been about four months since the last book, which is more than the space in between the first and second. And a lot of stuff has changed. Zaxxus and Volk have been doing a lot of training, which is really cool. You know, Zaxxus, he started out, I thought, a lot better in this book. They have been growing together. They sound like they're kind of almost friends. But man, throughout this whole book, I could not stand Zaxxus. He was so annoying and so childish and immature, which makes sense because they're still just teenagers. But everything he did just made me more and more angry. He's just way too prideful and he thinks he can do no wrong and that he's going to fix everything when most of the time he's not paying attention to the right thing. So, sorry if you like Zaxxus, but this book, I just did not like him or his arc it felt like his arc just went from like potential friend to loser who i did not enjoy <laughs> that's that's how it is and that's fine he is who he is but let's start what happens they get a mission from the guild this is for the whole guild that they are going to transport some dangerous magical creatures that have been infected with the plague to throne hold with gilly the magical arcanist researcher that we met in the last book because she has developed a plague preventer, a an artifact that can prevent you from getting the magical plague. Also, while on this journey, they are looking for some rune stones that supposedly help find the way or lead the way to the world serpent and the other mythical creatures that seem to be appearing. So they are all headed to Thronehold to get more supplies to create these anti-plague wards or anti-plague trinkets right so they they start going they learn about the coliseum the sovereign dragon tournament which will be going on in thronehold now thronehold is their their royalty has a sovereign dragon as its ruler and they're the only ones who can be the ruler and and as we've learned in every book we learn a piece of magic and this episode is probably going to be all over the place because there's just so much so i hope you'll bear with me but Sovereign dragons have a unique ability, the ability ability we learn about in this book, which is your aura. So if you have an aura, then it's kind of your next level up of magic. It, Depending on who you are and what you do, changes it. A sovereign dragon, for instance, has an aura of 
prosperity. And auras are really only attainable by people who put in a lot of work. They're very powerful, but they're very difficult, taxing to create and maintain. But because of this aura of prosperity, Thronehold and its surrounding you know area is very powerful and very prosperous, of course, makes people smarter, etc., as being prosperous would be. So while they're on their way to Thronehold, uh, a lot of things, they start to happen. You know, they keep training, of course, and Volk learns that he can sense magic through his nightmare abilities. He also figures out how to give his night vision to others and how to start selectively targeting his terrors, where in the past he hits everyone in the area with his terrors. Now he's actually able to start selectively targeting people. And part of that is because of Zaxxus. Zaxxus helps him by giving him a piece of advice, just saying, hey, when I use this, this is how I do it. Later on, that clicks with him. He figures it out. So I really thought from the beginning we had a good arc there with Zaxxus, but just downhill from there again. Sorry. They get to Thronehold. They petition the queen to see if she will give them more materials to create more trinkets that can prevent the magical plague from taking hold on someone. And while they're there, they realize that the queen has these rune stones that they've been searching for, 13 of them. And that each one corresponds with a new mythical beast that will appear one after the other. And then we learn later about the 13 creatures. So there are 13 magical creatures that are more mythical than magical. And whenever you create or whenever somebody breaks through and changes the way magic fundamentally works, these creatures will show up. They will kind of lead the way for people to learn more about things, and then they leave. Well, I'll tell you what happens in just a second. So the first time this happened was when they learned about star shards and imbuing items with magical power. And when that happens, it starts with the world serpent. It appears, and then the next ones, 12, you know, 2 through 13, show up, one after the other. Now, when they get to the 13th one, that magical mythical creature does not bond with an arcanist, but goes and kills the other 12 arcanists and their mythical creatures because they've done their job and they have to leave for whatever reason. So that was kind of interesting to learn that we're going to see 13 new creatures and the 13th one will kill the previous 12. Now what, if you're asking yourself, what could be the cause of this change in magic? What could be so fundamentally altering? Well, it's the plague. The magical plague has fundamentally changed the way the magic works, and so now we are receiving new information, and the mythical beings are going to come in and do something about it, I guess. I'm not sure. That's kind of all it leaves us at. So they get there, they petition. She won't give them the runestones because she thinks that they are safe enough in her castle, which is pretty safe until the end of the book. Let's talk about that, though, really quick. In her castle, she has another thing we learn about a lot in this book, which is Null Stone. Null Stone, as it kind of sounds, is a stone that nullifies magical abilities. So when you're inside of Null Stone, whether a room or on top of it, your magical abilities are prevented from taking place. Now, this doesn't really change your physical augmentations, as in Volk can still see in the dark, but he can't reach into shadows anymore. He can't shadow walk. So while they are here in, in Thorn Thronehold, Thronehold, excuse me, I don't know why I keep trying to call it Thornhold, they are allowed to participate in the tournament, and they are to try and keep an eye out for any potential, you know, bad people who they think are going to steal the runestones. Now, 
The problem is, is that the tournament is at the same time and almost everybody in the world is here at this tournament because it's so influential and there's so many rewards to be gained. So it's going to be a little tough. Let's talk about what happens in the city. Oh, so much happens, so much. So let's see. Volk meets Klarna, who is a dancer and a song songstress who also happens to be a doppelgar doppelganger arcanist whose job was to steal the rune stones you know volk invites her to a party uh foolish to some good to others she is going to use him to get into the she uses him to get into the party and then she is going to frame him for the theft job but because of his niceness he is saved basically she can't follow through with it because, you know, she expected him to act a certain way. And when he didn't follow through with that, then she really couldn't follow through with what she wanted to do. So she gives up. But we see her a couple times. She's actually one of the few people able to hide their arcanist mark, which I thought was pretty unique of a doppelganger arcanist. Pretty sweet. Along with this, the whole time, Fane, the pirate that Volk spared in Dread Pirate Arcanist, has been working with Gilly to help find the cure for the plague. And he also, because he's kind of bad at social things, has been following Volk around this entire time invisibly. Quite funny when he shows up and you're like, were you just following me when that happened? He's like, yeah, but you know, I'm here. It's okay. Uh, So funny. So funny. While in Thornhold, Volk also gets recruited by the Steelthorn Inquisitors, a guild mostly comprised of manticores and nightmare arcanists and he is given a recruitment speech and presentation by the head of the guild who is also a very powerful master level nightmare arcanist they go to root out some people who get the plague they are flooding the cave and the plague arcanists will come out and they'll be able to kill them now of course volk our man doesn't like to kill and so he talks with the nightmare arcanist who stays bonded with him for an incredibly long amount of time but we learn that once if your magical creature dies within six months of contracting the plague then most likely your arcanist is going to be just fine any longer than six months and your arcanist is beyond hope and even if you kill the magical creature they will have been changed in other ways and unable to be completely cured of the changes the plague has made so yeah in this situation we see the nightmare aura which is pretty amazing. Uh, if you want to guess, let's guess. Yeah, I had no idea before I read it. I was like, ah, something about darkness. But yes, it creates a temporal like spot of darkness, basically a dome of darkness that amplifies all other nightmare abilities while under it. So this nightmare aura could be a huge boon to any nightmare who uses it and of course the more nightmares you have in a given area the more beneficial it's going to be because everyone's getting boosted by this volk actually turns them down he doesn't want to join that guild he'd rather stay in the frith guild with all of his friends and where he's been learning you know things already so he turns him down the steel inquisitor is not super happy about it but he understands and he says you know hey if you ever do change your mind, come back and I'll I'll still teach you. So just crazy things. Uh, Adelgis, we haven't talked about him yet, but he, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> the We learned last book that he has something growing in him, something kind of living in him that his father implanted in him. And we learn 
that it's an abyssal leech. Now, if that doesn't sound dangerous, I don't know what does sound dangerous. The We learn in this book from Zelfri when he's arguing with Edelgis's father that the last abyssal leech arcanist killed thousands of people by accident. So you can tell that this is not just your happy-go-lucky creature that was on the verge of going extinct. No, it was most likely going extinct for a reason. And we learn that it's because abyssal leeches can change magic or influence the way magic works, and that's why his father has been researching it. Edelgis's father, by the way, a huge piece of work, doesn't really care about his family or anyone. All he cares about is results and his research, making the world a better place, but in his mind, the ends justify the means. So after his father removes the abyssal worm and Edelgis is still recovering, we learn that it's because you can't bond with two magical creatures at the same time or you'll die. Because when you bond with a magical creature, that forms, it uses part of your soul basically as fuel for the magical creature. And if you were to have two, you'd be losing too much and you die. And the abyssal soul, the abyssal leech, was basically eating his soul as if it was bonded with him without actually bonded with him. So that's why Edelgis has been so weak and so you know, hurt by getting it removed is because it took, you know, it knows it's going out. It wants to get as much as it can before it was taken out by the father. So what we learn, his father wrote a book that we get a hold of, which actually classifies all the tiers and the power level of the general magical creatures that are around. So we learn that there are five tiers. There are, he likens them to a body of water, which works. I think it's okay. They start with number one, the lowest is a puddle. And one example is will-o'-wisps, the very limited power. You're, you hit your max power very quickly and then you just kind of stay like within a couple years. Then you go up to number two level, uh, likened to a pond. These would be like your unicorn or your troll arcanists. They grow into maturity kind of over more than a few years, but less than decades. So they're decent, low-level power. Then we go up to the third level, which is similar to a lake, and that is the realm of the phoenixes, leviathans, nightmares, mimics. So you have a lot of power. It can take decades to grow into your power, but you are at a substantial level. And this is the highest kind of level that 90% of magical creatures can attain. We go to the next level. The fourth level is similar to a sea, and this level is only attainable by dragons. So if you have a dragon, any type of dragon arcanist, they're going to be at the fourth level, which means that they are immensely powerful. It takes them decades, if not longer, to come to the height of their power. They are powerful, and that is the end of your regular magical creature tier list. But there is one other tier, the fifth tier, which is kind of theoretical since nobody around has seen it, but that would be compared to an endless ocean. And this would be the god makers, the mystical magical creatures we talked about earlier that come when the nature of magic has been fundamentally changed. These ones are the god makers. If you bond one of these creatures, then you become godlike, powerful, and able to change and shape destiny, basically. So, an incredible amount of power there. Now, as we're learning all this stuff, if you notice, we haven't even really talked about the tournament yet, because as important as it is, it, it, this is about so much more and Play, the tournament plays a very low 
part for our main characters. Now, while we're there, of course, um, Zaxis and Volk are doing good. They're both winning. They're continuing on. Uh, Volk actually, though, near the end, in the final four, he throws his fight to save Adelgis. He is fighting Adelgis's brother, who doesn't care. He agrees beforehand to throw the fight if he'll help him. He throws it. Adelgis's brother gives him some mystical, magical stuff, a healing potion, basically, that he can use. And because of it, Adelgis wakes up. Now, when Adelgis wakes up, he is a very different person. And it is a bad direction, I think, for him. He doesn't care about anybody anymore. He's very confident and self-assured and we learned that the whole time he was unconscious he could still hear everyone's thoughts who would come around he would hear their thoughts their desires and nobody was really you know there for him except Volk in his mind that Volk actually cared about Edelgis and even says which is kind of interesting he says some some people even wanted him to die so he would it would be over with and I was like whoa that's pretty intense who's who among his group wants Adelgis to die. Nobody really, but I don't know. So, ooh, Adelgis going in a bad direction. Uh, let's talk about some other characters. Ilya, she gets confessed to by Zaxis, and they start going out. I don't think it's going to last long. Because who could like Zaxxas? He's very annoying and over the top, and everything's a competition to him. Uh, Ilya, of course, she actually starts trying to move on. I don't think it'll work. I think she'll still go back to Volk. We see that Addie actually wants to be more involved with Volk, which I still don't approve of. I don't want that. So if you think that that'd make, be better together, you know, let me know. But that's not what I'm looking for. So we'll see what happens in hopefully the next book or the next book. Um, of course, Hexa, our Hydra Arcanist in their little group, also is participating in the tournament. And Volk gives her quite a lot of pointers and helps kind of helps refine her fighting abilities so that she can be more powerful. Now, the whole reason for this tournament is to choose the next sovereign dragon bond, you know, arcanist for the newest sovereign dragon to bond. Now, there are only two competitors in this. There are the king, the son and daughter of the queen who are competing and it is a fight to the death. Now, we've met one of the people competing for the honor of being the sovereign dragon arcanist before. That was Livia and her sister Eviana and of course their brother is who they're going up against. And that is Ryshan. Now, they Livia and Eviana are pretty close. Eviana is not competing. She's just uh, there. L Livia is competing to be the next Sovereign Dragon Arcanist, and they have met Volk before and kind of developed a small friendship, and Volk wants to help her, tries to train her a little bit, tries to teach her a little bit, but they both know that she's not going to be able to win. And we also learned that Rishan, Rishan has been subtly pulling strings and getting other people who are going to compete disqualified or killed before and really proving that he is willing to go the distance and that fight is great is bad between Livia and Rishan very painful he straight up murders Livia and it's bad it's on screen I did not like it Volk hates it of course all right now we're getting into the final geez 10 15 percent of the book this is where stuff is going to get crazy. So, Rishan has ascended. He's bonded his sovereign dragon, Arcanist, and it has become a true... It's taken its true form immediately of the sovereign dragon, Arcanist. So, he, you know, exemplifies that sovereign dragon. And something we've learned, just to throw more at you, is that every 
magical creature has a different set of ideals to become a true form of that. So while they're going to have the same general feel for all Nightmare Arcanists and for all Phoenix Arcanists, the individual magical creatures are going to have slightly different feelings about or ideals for their own true form. So it's not a a one-shot, everything fits in this thing. You know, after this fight, Volka is overcome with grief. He leaves. Uh, everything looks like it's going to be okay and that the rune stones are going to be protected until the null stone that we talked about is deactivated by the queen. So Volk, of course, uh, with Zelfry, on Zelfry's orders, excuse me, not with Zelfry, uh, shadow steps into the queen's throne room to find out what is going on, why the defenses have been taken down. And we learn that Rishon is performing a coup the day he has bonded his sovereign dragon. He brings in a king basilisk arcanist, which is very scary. Uh, four eyes, everything about it is death. He kills the queen, which created a new nightmare, which was exciting. Very exciting, but not what any of us were expecting to happen. They start ransacking the castle. Volk immediately shadow steps away and warns everyone. He sends Luther to warn people while he goes to rescue Eviana, Olivia's sister, because he promised her that he would. They are attempting to leave and secure the runestones before they, everyone gets killed. And they go, they, they're running... And then we learn something. We see a, an Arcanist, a Rizal Arcanist, who has a red Arcanist seal on his forehead. Not clear white like we've seen other true forms. We see a red glowing mark. And that is a true dread form Arcanist, which uh, that's scary. Very scary. Very powerful. We learn here what Rizals can manipulate. They manipulate gravity, just like Volk can manipulate shadow. So pretty powerful. Volk manages to get, you know, half of the runestones away from the Rizal Arcanist. Very bad. They are trying to meet up with everyone. And I just, there's too much to try and talk about here. The fight between the Nightmare Arcanist and the King Basilisk Assassin Arcanist. That was epic. That was incredible. Um, and then it shows you how powerful the King Basilisk Venom is because it killed the Nightmare Arcanist in two seconds once he got touched by it. Uh, incredibly scary. Uh, just horrible. We learn, you know, we catch up. Everybody kind of gets together and Volk hands Eviana off to Ilya and the rest of the Frith Guild while he, you know, says he has to go continue to fight. And then he runs away because he has been infected with the magical plague and he refuses to kill Luthier, you know, right away to, to save himself from the plague because... You know, one, he wouldn't be an Arcanist anymore, and two, he's not that kind of a heartless person who's just going to kill his magical creature. So he's leaving, and he's just going to, you know, run away and figure something out when, of course, Edelgis shows up, who's been reading everybody's mind, and is like, hey, I'm going with you. You are the reason I'm still alive, not anybody else, so I'm going to be with you the whole time here. And Fane, of course, the pirate who's been following goes with him, and they are rescued again by Klarna, who has taken a liking to Volk, and they are going to go out and search for Edelgis's father and hopefully somehow find a cure for the magical plague. And that's where the book ends. So I would strongly advise you have the next book ready to read because this is a pretty important cliffhanger here that Volk has the plague. It's very scary. Who knows what's going to happen in the next book? I really did not think 
that they could ramp that Shami Stovall could ramp it up again. Um, it seems like every book so far has been a little bit of a lull and then a, a jump and then a little bit of a lull and then, you know, a lot of excitement. And I'm excited to read the fourth book. And I hope you guys are as well. That's going to be Plague Arcanist. I'll be getting to that very soon. That's going to wrap up our discussion today, though, of Coliseum Arcanist. Once again, really good, very fun, lots of action, lots of uh, intrigue. Thanks for listening. Thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. And if you have any comments, questions, things I didn't get to talk about that you wanted me to talk about, let me know at libromancypod at gmail.com. And remember to compete for the magic of books.